Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Weekly. Today is Monday, November 23rd. Uh, it's week 13 of college football. I'm Will Chambers. With me as always, Tyler Walgy. Not bloody likely. Not bloody likely. Smitty, producer Smitty, he's back. I'm back. He's, he's back. Uh, he's got a good lawyer, folks. <laughs> they got him out of Guantanamo Bay. No, we're glad to have Smitty back. Uh, back in the studio, all three of us here. We got a good show today. Uh, we're going to go over week 12. We've got... Uh, a little special non-playoff, non-football playoff rankings, uh, Thanksgiving-related. Like it's Thanksgiving yeah. week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving yes. to everybody out there. Of course. We got Smitty's outdated movie reviews from last week, and we got uh, our best bets for week 13, as always. And uh, yeah, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm excited. Uh, Thanksgiving, one of my more favorite, you know, I'd probably put it in the top two or three of holidays. I always get that. I always hear people say that Thanksgiving is their favorite holiday. Most of my friends, Thanksgiving is their favorite holiday. Everyone talks about football and the food. I'm still going Christmas, my number one holiday, but Thanksgiving's up there. Okay. Smitty, uh, where does Thanksgiving rank in your holidays? I wouldn't necessarily give it a holiday in particular. Mm. From about the end of Halloween till the first of the year that's kind of like my favorite time period okay. like it's a good time i love I, I love the hall i love christmas thanksgiving i love everything about the cold weather football football that's, exactly that's cheating though you're you're rounding up a whole bunch because your birthday is december 1st for those who don't know and so right. you're stacking up a bunch of stuff in those couple months that's, well that's why cheating. do you think it's my favorite time of year <laughs> yeah also yeah I'm a i get 11 months too. of shit and then i finally get to enjoy something <laughs> it's the best time of the year i love when all the lights go up which is now it's the most lights are up, right? Like like businesses, they things come like up. That. Like, yeah, I think like most people, at least like houses, also get them up like the weekend of Thanksgiving. There's like, always the house that puts it up the day after Halloween. It's usually they yeah, go overboard. Not a fan of that, but that's like a tradition at my house. Uh, you know, my mom cooks Thanksgiving dinner. My brother and I put up the Christmas lights, and nice. so that's always like like a, that's a Thanksgiving thing. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's literally you're describing my mom, which it day after Halloween. It looks like Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> grew up in my She's parents' in house. It's ridiculous. I think my favorite holiday is Labor Day, and I'll tell you why. Oh God! No, it's beca- the reason why. It has nothing to do with like celebrating labor. It's because that's you know this was the first year because of COVID. That's always the first weekend of college football, and ah, it's like it's like the uh-huh. best time ever for me. And so you Labor Day is the stupidest holiday because we take a day off. To, to celebrate, celebrate the labor. labor that we all put in, instead of all working a little bit harder. <laughs> I just don't think you <laughs> you understand, Tyler. But that's okay. That's okay. Uh, we got college football. Week twelve was nuts. Um, I had a terrible week twelve. Yeah, tell us about Oof, it. It was bad. I uh, starting off with the bet board game. Wisconsin didn't hit. Ohio State gave up a lot of points. I ended up jumping late on Boise. They went to Hawaii and lost. I'm ice cold after last week, so oh, we're looking to get for Tyler. back on the right track. That's rough. You definitely will. You don't have losing weekends very often. No, no. no. So uh, we just got to shake it off. Well, I did get the bad board victory. You're still ahead 6-5, yes. but uh, how about Northwestern, man? You know, look, they were, they're were they a good team, and they deserve a lot of credit, obviously, for the way they played, but to me, this was just more like the Badgers are just fucking cursed when they go to Evanston. They can't win there. They never win there, and that's just a place where I don't think those guys ever want to go play. I don't think the coaches want to go there. I think that Pat Fitzgerald, you know, those teams are similar. They both run like, you know, what is now kind of an antiquated pro-style offense, 
and they know each other well. And Pat Fitzgerald just is really good against Wisconsin, especially at home. As you often say, I don't care. They're dead to me. They're dead they to you. Badgers are off me. your list. Yep, off the list. I don't know that I've added anyone to my list since you know since the uh, I, I had a bad run there for a while. I think it's mostly because. I've had winning weeks now for like a month. <laughs> you know, I haven't had like a really bad losing week. And yeah. I did get one uh, parlay that was blown up by that bullshit Purdue-Minnesota uh, game on Friday. Oh. Purdue got uh, got shafted by the Big Ten refs. They had a go-ahead touchdown late. They got called back because of an offensive pass interference that like literally didn't exist. The guy did nothing. He didn't even touch what happened the in that secondary. Game? Minnesota won because then on the next play, very next play, you know, they call offensive pass interference. Very next play, Purdue throws an interception. And so they should have wow. won. That blew up a parlay of mine. Very upset about that. Okay. Very upset with Big Ten officiating. But, you know, that's okay. Still went three and two against the spread. Yeah, you had a nice little week. We're positive. Yeah. We're uh, we're 52% on the year. There I'll, we go. I'll, I love, that's great, man. I'll take it. I'll take it for sure. Um, Yeah, you know, we had – I feel like, you know, I don't. we don't have to focus on it too much because I know – uh, we both gave out Ohio State against Indiana to cover, but uh, Ohio State was covering there like late in the game, early in the game. They were up, and then they just let it all back. And I think we got to give a lot of credit to Indiana for staying in that and keep fighting. Um, you know, Michael Penix ended up with five touchdowns, yeah. a ton of yards. I, mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, you got to give them a lot of credit, but Justin Fields looked to fade. Like, the longer the game went on, the worse he looked. Yeah. I, have, I have a lot of question marks about him. And did that game take him out of the Heisman race. There's a very good chance that that completely took him right out and he's not going to get back in. Yeah, very true. I mean, he had, I think he had what, like two or three turnovers, I think? A couple yeah, interceptions. Yeah, looked bad. Yeah, I, I really had a good time watching that game, and I really like what I – th- I think the coach's name is Tom Allen. Right? Yeah. I really like what he's doing there. And, uh, you For know, sure. he, he – I think they were down three or four touchdowns at one point. Yeah. He, he kept a minute. The big thing that I noticed with that game is, man, if Indiana could have ran the football – at all i think right. i think through probably midway through the third quarter they had negative five rushing yeah yards. it was crazy yep and, but i do love uh tom the tool man allen tom the tool man <laughs> allen he has done a good job there this is like finally it's all you know in the past few years he's played the top teams in the big 10 really well but he could never get the win and now right. he's beaten michigan penn state and he, and he got really close against ohio state there on the road you know uh that program is moving in the positive direction and I, I'm sure he'll have offers to go to bigger programs, but he seems to me like a guy who, who wants to stay at Indiana I don't know. and win there. Who wants to stay at Indiana? Tom, the tool man, Allen, <laughs> I think. We'll see. Um, the other thing, I, uh, you know, we, we already moved on from the Wisconsin-Northwestern game, but another note I had, there was the whole, I don't know if you guys saw the story, that during game day, uh, like Reese Davis was asking Joey Galloway on ESPN, you know, uh, to pick the game and he was asking them about Northwestern and Joey Galloway was like, yeah, you know, Northwestern's a well-coached team, but they got a bunch of Reese Davises on their team saying they were unathletic <laughs> and that like fired up the Northwestern locker room. They like showed it to their players. Yeah. And so they started calling them the fighting Reese Davises <laughs> and uh, Pat <laughs> Fitzgerald great. said it was disrespectful. I think that's all kind of disrespectful to Reese Davis. I mean, yeah, he's, right. <laughs> he's, he's he's like in his fifties. Dude's in good shape. That's Come throwing on. Reese under the bus, if anything. Yeah, I think man. we all know about Northwestern. That's hysterical. I mean, I know he's not like a college athlete, but Reese Davis is no <laughs> slouch. He looks like he's in good shape. Also, we're giving you airtime here, Joey Galloway. Like, yeah, Joey yeah. Galloway, yeah. dude, don't, for don't sure. Joey Galloway, the pride of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ohio State. He's a, oh, that's yeah, right. You're thinking of uh, Desmond. Oh yeah, Ian Desmond. Yeah, they're both equally annoying, though. I'll give you that. Ian Desmond, man. 
Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard. Ian uh, Desmond's the... He said Ian Desmond. I'm just I know, following I, I, the guy I, I, from I, Michigan I just here. said Desmond. I, uh, I thought you said Ian Desmond. No, Ian Desmond... He, who is Ian Desmond? He's he plays, like a baseball player. Yeah, he plays for the Rockies. For the Rockies. <laughs> Whatever. Desmond, uh, he'd be great in college football. Desmond Howard is so annoying, though. As a Michigan fan, I just want to like disavow him because all he does on game day is just laugh at everything everyone says, even when it's not funny, <laughs> and it drives me nuts. Uh, Ian Desmond. Uh, yeah. Guy. Ohio State, though, big time... Questions in the secondary, you know, they were my pick at, to win the national championship before the year started, and now I wouldn't be picking them against Clemson. I wouldn't be picking them against Alabama for sure. Uh, probably wouldn't be picking them against a team like Florida that can, you know, attack that secondary. And like you said, Ryan, Indiana couldn't run the ball. They're good against the run, but um, those corners were giving up a lot of big plays to but, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I think this is a little reactionary off of one game yeah, against probably. an Indiana team that was – in the top ten, rightfully so or not, that seems a little a little harsh. I mean, we saw one bad game from Ohio State, and you're ready to write them off completely. No, I'm not. I'm not writing them off. I'm just saying I wouldn't. You know, I think they would go in. I still think they'll make the playoff and they'll win the Big Ten. I just don't see them beating a team like Clemson or Alabama. You know, based off of that, those are two teams that can that can throw for a lot. And we've and this isn't the first game. You know, this is the first game that Ohio State almost lost. But we've already seen in other games, their corners have given up some big plays um, in the secondary. And Indiana, I think, just exploited it. They had better, uh, they had some really good wide receivers. Ty Freifogel, your boy, Smitty, Wop Fillier, the Whopper man. The Wop. Um, you know, those guys were able to make big plays. I honestly think it says more about Indiana than it really does about Ohio State. Probably. Yeah. Like, probably so. I, I probably agree with that. Like, we'll see. I mean, Ohio State shouldn't lose a game from here on out. They're still going to wreck Michigan. Um, now they'll, they'll probably face Northwestern, you know, maybe Wisconsin. We don't know how the Big Ten West will shake out. I but. mean, that, that game was 35-7 in the third quarter. That's crazy. What Ohio game? State and Indiana. Oh, I know. And then they had some turnovers. Indiana got some quick shots. And so you're right. Maybe it was just like they played, you know, a bad quarter, a quarter and a half of the game. But, I mean, that's still, you know, look, credit to Indiana. They're a tough team. But how's that going to look if Ohio State is in the playoff against Clemson or Alabama? And you're right. It's just one game. Yeah, no. And we'll see if that trend continues. But how many more teams are we going to see them play that have awesome passing games and you know good wide receivers too? So I don't know. I'm a little worried about their secondary. When you say two, are you throwing uh, Michigan in there? Uh, for what? For a team who can throw the football? No. I'm oh, not. okay. <laughs> you well, never know. I mean, yeah, we can talk about them too. They they got a double overtime victory against Rutgers. Or tri- triple overtime victory <laughs> against Rutgers. And they did uh, change to the new quarterback. Michigan. They started Joe Milton. He looked bad. They benched benched him and brought on Cade McNamara, who ended up with five touchdowns and threw the ball really well, but it's still just Rutgers. So, uh, no, right, I don't right. think Michigan is going to uh, be a threat I missed to Ohio a huge State. payday on that game. Nah. <laughs> right. I, I just took Rutgers because, you know. Moneyline or? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, so, uh, so, for those who don't know, Ryan well, they were leading. recently explore, or, uh, found out the world of sports betting, and he's getting into it. He just made an account. He's dipping his toes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so won a lot of money involved. off of the Colorado and Stanford game, so it sucked me right in. <laughs> yep. Now and, you're taking your lumps. And I went, I went with Rutgers, and... Hey, well, if you take them against it. the spread, they covered against yeah, the spread. Exactly. What was the spread of that game? Uh, closed like eight and a half or ten oh and a half or something. God, or no, we gave it so out crazy. eight and a half earlier in the week. It closed ten and a half. Whew. They end up losing by eight. So that eight and a half number being very, uh, very key. Um, I almost took Michigan too. I ended up placing a live bet on Rutgers money line when they went up seven nothing, and at one point they were up seventeen nothing, and then they made the switch at quarterback, and Michigan kind of came storming back. 
but Michigan's defense is still god god awful. Like yeah. Rutgers scored a ton of points, and you know, luckily, you know, I've I still have continued to hit on whoever Michigan is playing against the spread so far. That it's, it's been a very profitable bet. And uh, Rutgers, yeah, they came away you with the, uh, the cover. I feel like that happens a lot, you know, when uh, when someone gets a good feel for a team, as long as they're not being emotional one way or the other, you start to hit on that team. So yeah, you're you're doing well with Michigan, with or against them. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah definitely, and uh, and. You know, another team that I had been doing well on, a bit of a bad beat was Cincinnati. They beat UCF. I gave them out in, on the podcast last week at, I think, minus six. Um, bad beat. They were up three <laughs> late. They have the ball. First of all, so I, you know, I'll give you a little, uh, you know, how I watch games is I have like three or four games on at once. And so I can only keep the sound on one at a time, right? You know, I'll switch it. At commercials and stuff. Will's but so busy watching these games. He looks like he's landing planes at LAX. Dude, I was I was just about to say his living room looks like he works for NASA. Right, or just like oh, all right, coming in down here. Right, we're gonna talk to you up here. It's just like he's going. I think it takes more focus than being at NASA or landing planes. <laughs> personally, it's a lot of skill. Uh, but no, so you know, I had the Cincinnati game on, but it wasn't. I can't remember what else was playing at that time, and so I didn't have the sound on for most of the game, and so I didn't realize what was happening. But somehow Cincinnati with like four seconds left or eight seconds left. They have fourth and goal um, from the one and they're up three. And I don't know why they're not kneeling or why they're not, uh, you know, I think maybe they just wanted to chew the clock up to make sure that UCF couldn't get any chance at getting the ball, but they were, they were clearly going for it. They were going to go for the touchdown. They weren't kicking a field goal. They were running the ball. And I was like, Oh my God, they're going to cover. Holy shit. How is this happening? And on fourth and goal, the snap goes high over the quarterback's head and he, he, he's able to fall on it at least, so UCF wins, but they didn't cover. To me, that's a bad beat. You mean Cincinnati wins? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Excuse me. Yeah, Cincinnati wins, but they, don't, they only won by three, that's, so they don't cover. I did not I think see that's the a bit of, of a bad kid. beat, yeah, right? Yeah, if yeah. you have it fourth and goal, like the half-yard line, and they're running for it to get it, and the blocks looked like they were probably there <laughs> in the middle... You know, and it goes over its head. And then yeah. it was a bad snap. It's and funny because bad beats are always a debate. Was it really a bad beat? Was right. it not? But that's pretty bad. If beat, you have I think. a ninety percent chance or over to cover, which that probably qualifies. I mean, I'd like to right. see how many fourth and goals from the half get stuffed. It's probably right around there. But yeah, that's probably a tough beat. But Cincinnati stays undefeated. Their quest for the playoff continues. Uh, UCF played really well there, and. Their only competition outside, you know, within the group of five teams for the playoff is BYU. And I bring that up because I saw, uh, so a little news from this last week, the Pac-12 decided to allow their teams to schedule non-conference opponents, yeah, right? Late in the week. Right. Yes. So if, you're, if your game gets canceled, if your opponent get, you know, has to uh, cancel their game because of COVID and you have enough time, you can schedule non-conference opponents now, which is awesome, right? But so Washington got their game canceled for this week. And they reached out to BYU, and they said, hey, let's play. And the funny part is that BYU, like just that day, I think, had tweeted out a picture of Zach Wilson, who was wearing – he's their quarterback. He's wearing this headband that says, any team, any time, any place, right? And then Washington goes, okay, how about, like, let's play? Yeah. And BYU says, no. Uh, <laughs> BYU turned it down because they're waiting to see where their playoff right? ranking is when the first playoff rankings come out. Yes. I think that's a bad move by B but if BYU their schedule is not that difficult if they want to make the playoff they got they should schedule wa Washington and guess what they're probably favored in that yeah, they game probably beat and them. they yeah so I don't know why they're all of a sudden playing scared and they don't want to play you know the Huskies when I think they'd be favored that seems like it'd be you know I like that uh, it's almost like a it's weird to say regional because 
Washington isn't super close to Utah, but you know, when you talk about being out west, you know, things kind of get skewed there. I think that'd be a really cool like neutral site game. Yeah, if for you sure. could find something right. I mean, neutral. I mean, go to Seattle. I know that's kind Vegas of, maybe or something like that. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Legion Stadium where the yeah, Raiders play. That'd for be sure. sweet. So I you know, that to me. BYU just lost their playoff bid right there for me. Like I'm not putting them in because the fact that they said no to Washington because they want to see how the playoff rankings shake out first. Like I can tell you, you're not going to be ahead of Cincinnati. Right. Looking at Cincinnati's resume. No, they need a win like that. Yeah, exactly. They're going to jump up. Now the rankings come out tomorrow night, right? We uh, record on I Monday. I think so. Yes, the first playoff rankings. Okay, yes. Yeah, and so that's yeah. why we're doing our little playoff rankings. Where we're gonna, I'll, I'll tease it, but uh, coming up, we're gonna do our playoff rankings for Thanksgiving. Uh, dishes, right? Oh, yeah. Different different parts of the meal. Mm. Um, and so bad bad look for BYU right there, especially when literally the day before they tweeted out <laughs> anytime, any <laughs> any team, any place. Unless you may beat us. Unless it's Washington. Yeah, so you yeah. brought up uh, his name is Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. For BYU. Did um, or does his performance so far put him ahead of Justin Fields, you think? Oh, man. That's tough. I mean, he's played more games, think, so as of does. now, yes. Yeah, I think he's he got does. better numbers, but I do wonder if by the end of the season, if that changes, you know, because before, you know, the Indiana game, if that game ends up just being kind of an aberration for Justin Fields and he turns it on and he looks more like he did in the first few games, then maybe, you know, he gets the advantage. But this is going to be a really interesting Heisman race for sure. I gave him my middle-ish season award yep. for Heisman. So. I still think it's going to be Kyle Trask, uh, especially if they can if they pull an upset of Alabama. Kyle Trask is the front runner. He has to be right now. He's uh, his numbers number are insane. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. him or Mac Jones or it's or it's Zach Wilson or some of these other guys. So, um, but we do get Trevor Lawrence back. I don't count him out entirely just yet. He's finally going to get to play this weekend. Uh, Clemson. So Clemson got their game canceled. Oh my god! And this was great because Dabo Sweeney, of course, Dabo. He's he's doing Dabo things. So like the day of the game against Florida State, Florida State abruptly postpones uh, the scheduled game. And the reason why is because there was a positive test among a Clemson. Uh, there was a Clemson player with a positive test, and he traveled with the team. And the story is that this guy had COVID symptoms all week. But, all week, but had been testing negative, right? Yep. And uh, and so Dabo was like, well, let's just bring him on the bus. You know, I don't get that move. Like, if your guy has, like, it's one thing if he has, like, sniffles, but if he has COVID symptoms, why even bring him on the bus? That's not how viruses work. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? Like, like, well, you could you could test negative, right, and still be. I see. Okay, so you're so 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 basically, and and I'll I'll actually. Um, School us on some science. Many's our science, well, our, yes. our resident scientist. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up, and I think I brought this up on the show before. I have to take, I have to fill out a form every single morning before I go to work and have my temperature take, taken. Yeah, and the list rectally. Of poss- by the way, yep, I go in backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, the list of possible COVID symptoms that they give you is literally like 14 or 15 long. No way. It's it's headache, fatigue, diarrhea. Um I see. It, it's like it, it, it's it, it's look, it it's looks, not just like the main ones we hear on the news, which cough, is like cough fever. Cough fever. It, it literally looks like at the end of like prescription commercials when they list off everything that it can give you. <laughs> right. It looks like what I'm reading and I'm right. like, "Well, yeah, I had a headache yesterday and I haven't pooped solid in 28 years so i don't know should i say yes should i say no but i still have no fever so they still let me in the building and it's like where where, they're having a hard time kind of 
honing in what true covid symptoms right, are because it's just kind of unless it's vague. not obvious like right you, you, you know just bad like, cough super just, big fever yeah just like last week when i wasn't here i didn't have a fever but my head hurt yeah. i sounded like crap i had congestion yep and big ba- boss man told me to stay away which i don't blame him for yeah for sure you know especially now safe. E- we didn't bring you on the on the bus like Dabo. <laughs> yeah th- that, that's that's what's really <laughs> right stupid. and i get like he's you know and he, he was said, a backup offensive lineman yeah and he said uh you know they we followed all the protocols which they did you know and they took more buses i, I guess they took nine buses in order to spread people out among the buses you know whereas normally i think it'd probably be like two or three for the whole team um but you know then uh so florida state hears about this they cancel the game abruptly and Dabo just went nuts he said this game was not canceled because of covid covid was just an excuse to cancel the game he said you know he did say i have no doubt their players wanted to play and would have played and same with the coaches but he he threw it uh at the feet of the florida state administration and he said they forfeited and this is so Dabo Swinney. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's a backup offensive lineman again, so probably shouldn't be risking it in the first place, no matter what's going on, because this can happen. And I think that what's going on today with so much misinformation or just lack of information, we're, we're, we're still trying to figure this whole thing out. Like, Dabo Swinney's got to chill. There's a lot more important things For sure. than winning against Florida State, which, first of all, I don't even know how good of a win Florida State is. Yeah, that's nothing. It's not, it's not yeah. a great win. And it makes him sound incredibly tone deaf. Like, I know that people He's go with at the <laughs> survival rate and all that stuff, but this is still a big deal. And, and honestly, it's getting back to being a big deal like it was in, in, in March and April, where it's kind of spiking again. Every single state, I think, in the United States, at least the domestic United States, I don't right. know about Hawaii and Alaska, but it's spiking in every single state. So the fact that he's making it seem like it's no big deal, oh, they should have played, they were scared of us. Right. It's like, dude, That's why we waited till the day of the now. game and after you, yeah, for sure. It's not a good look for Dabo. Yeah, and like, you know, look, even Mike Norvell came out today and said, uh, you know, he basically, he took the high road because Dabo is not doing that. He's calling oh out the all for a state. <laughs> all, the, all that Mike Norvell said was, uh, there's people out there that are, are not doctors that are saying things. And, you know, he's basically saying like, look, Dabo, you're not a doctor. You're not a medical professional. Shut We're going to follow the, the medical guidelines. And guess what? Dabo should kind of understand because they've had, what, two games canceled already because of COVID stuff. So I kind of feel like he should be like, okay, I understand. And you're right. If they take care of business and win what games they have left, they're going to be in the, yeah, in the be ACC in. championship they'll game. They'll, if they beat Notre Dame in the rematch, they're in the playoff. And I think he's probably just pissed because Dabo knows they want the one seed and he, wants, he probably wanted to beat Florida State by like 50. But you're right. Is that even that convincing of a win? Is that great for your resume beating the shit out of a bad Florida State team, you know? Yeah, and I, I don't want to get political. This is not a political show, but right. it, it just goes to show you in, in all of America the lack of education on the subject and how everything just differs so much. Yeah. With with this with this pandemic that that it it starts to pit people against each other when we all want the same thing. Right. And then it, and again, it makes Dabo Sweeney look like well, if you guys don't want to play, then I'm just going to take my ball and go home. Like, <laughs> Seriously, yeah. And like, it, it, I get it's it. just very toned yeah, up, like I, you said. I get that he wants to play. He's, he's a fiery dude. He's passionate, and that works for him. I mean, obviously, he's one of the best coaches in college football. But it's like, maybe just don't say that shit publicly. If you want to like go in your team meeting in the locker room and be like, these guys forfeited, they were too scared to play us, like, fine, man. That's cool. But you just don't – It doesn't. it's not a smart play to take that to the media and, 
and call out Florida State oh, like Dabo, that. Oh, what's he doing? Yeah. Um, let's see. We had Bedlam. We had the Bedlam game. Bedlam. Bedlam. Yeah, that was fun for uh, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. Uh, your you're, you're Oklahoma State pokes, they got blown out. What happened? OU was back in the driver's seat for the pe- the Big 12 championship picture. Uh, you know, if they, if they just take care of business, they'll likely play Iowa State. Um, That's and- a riveting matchup. I think it well. It's a rematch of you know they already lost Iowa State once. Yeah, Iowa State's overrated. Oklahoma just looks. I uh, thought they looked good. Yeah, uh, I've, I'm, I'm not. I mean, a maybe K State's just it, that bad. Was it but... Matt, Matt Campbell? Yeah. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's Tyler's a little testy about his pokes, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That was he did pick him to make the playoffs, and that's all right. You know, yeah. that's okay. I also said that. Michigan seemed like they might have been the second best team in the Big Ten after they you beat Minnesota week one. So, <laughs> you know, we all we all say things and claim things, and, you know, we're finding out what happens. So uh, Oklahoma looks really good, though. Their defense looks awesome. Everyone talked about Oklahoma State's defense going into this game, which, you know, is good, obviously, but this the Sooners' defense looks – they played great. They played really good. No kidding. And uh, their quarterback, uh, the true freshman, I'm, I'm blanking on Rattler. his name. Yeah, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. He looks really good. I think yeah. a lot of the reason that you know it took a while to get going, it took a while to, to kind of get in the flow of things, is you had to wait for him to step up. Same thing with, sure. with both schools, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Yep. You know, Both those quarterbacks had a long, uh, kind of a, a, lo- a big learning curve, but it's honestly paying off for the Sooners more than anything. They, they look better and better each week. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame that they lost... You know, because if they were a one-loss team, they probably if they continue and they win the Big Twelve, they probably have an outside chance of making the playoff. Right. I don't think they have any chance with two losses. Now. No way. No. No. Not with all these other good teams going undefeated or other teams going undefeated like right. Cincinnati, BYU. Yep. You're, you're getting USC now, who looks like a fraudulent contender in the Pac-12. That's but right. either way, there's a lot, a lot of, of teams. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot of teams. Look, USC is a lot more fraudulent than Iowa. State oh, I agree. Is. No, much. yeah, for sure. Uh, and we're going to get to that game. We've got that game, by the way, USC Uh-oh. Colorado on the Uh-oh. on our best bet list. So uh, we're going to break that down later. Uh, Georgia, Georgia, they're struggling. I don't want to spend too much time on this because honestly, I don't really like watching them play. It's like it's I'm like tired of watching Georgia. It's they're a frustrating team. You never know what you're going to get, but they do find their quarterback. They finally started uh, JT Daniels, the USC transfer. Okay, and it begs the question because he looked awesome. Is what was Kirby Smart seeing? As far as like, why was he buried on the depth chart? He was third to start the, the year, and he's clearly the best quarterback on the team. I don't get it. He's better than Stetson Bennett. He's better than the other guy who started week one that we haven't even seen since. And so I don't know what he's doing. It's very similar to Michigan with Cade McNamara, who no, took over. It's like, it's what weird. are these coaches seeing? In you know, it could just be you think it's just that like maybe he doesn't practice well. He's just a gamer, or he didn't get the reps to to, to show how good he was in practice, right. or. Uh, who's the, what other quarterback did you name? Who's Stetson been Bennett. Yeah, he's been there for a while, you know? And yeah. so Stetson Bennett kind of has that familiarity. And when you're a coach, you want to take, a lot of times, a lot of coaches take the uh, more conservative approach. It's like, all right, what's, what's going to give me the least amount of backlash? Stetson Bennett, who everyone knows and seemingly trusts before the season, or this kid who no one's heard of. And, you know, it's it's I always give the coaches the benefit of the doubt on this one because they want to win more than we want them to win. You know, even if yeah, we pick them sure. in any given week. So uh, I don't know. You, you include gambling in there. We, we might <laughs> want it more, Tyler. But it, I, I trust him that he thought he's making the right decision. Clearly, he was wrong. But I don't think that he knew. I don't think that anything was going on. I just think that either the kid didn't get a lot of time to show what he could do, or right. the coach was comfortable going with uh, Bennett. But I think that they found their guy for the near future. Yeah, for sure. He looked good. 
Um, Liberty, undefeated Liberty, finally loses to NC State. Not going to name any names. Some of us might have taken the over in that game, which was 60-something, and the final score was 15-14. So that was that was cool for me. Um, well, Liberty, <laughs> Liberty, they've scored like a billion points. Their defense is garbage. I, just, I didn't see any way that either team wouldn't score 30 here. But instead, you know, 15-14, Liberty finally loses. Maybe Hugh Freeze, uh, Ian you know, one of these other jobs right. coming available. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Nebraska, they lose to Illinois. They're one and three. Big time hot seat questions for uh, Scott, Scott Frost. Frost. Penn State, 0 oh and 5. Oh, my God. Oh, it makes me smile. I'm what sorry, Nittany Lion fans. You know, but if you're a Michigan fan, it's the only joy I can have right now <laughs> is Penn State's 0 and 5. Did you watch any of that game? No. Penn State has completely quit. Yeah, they're bad. They, they they have they have no it doesn't even look like they want to be out there. Right. Really? It's, it's it's really disappointing. Well, that's like, how Michigan was, so maybe they just need to play Rutgers and feel a little better about themselves. <laughs> I don't know. And have me miss out on more money. That would be yeah, great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Smitty. Um last little piece of news here I wanted to touch on. The, the St. John's, uh, I, I think this is like uh, Division Ooh, Two or FCS basketball? or whatever. St. John's football, he had a heart attack during the game and coached through it. He thought he had like, uh, he thought he had heartburn basically, and he was taking Tums and at halftime. Shut up. Turns out he had a heart attack, he coached through it. I think they won also. Um, so, you know, shout out to, to St. John's, the head coach there. Okay, so first of all, yeah, shout out. How's he doing now? Oh, he's fine. You know, okay. he, you know, he's. Uh, I'm. I'm sure he's probably gonna have to take like a week or two off. But uh, the dude just thought that he had like chest pain, or like not, or like not even chest pain. He thought he really thought he had like heartburn or dude. You know, indigestion or something. It? Coach threw it. Uh, no, I didn't know. <laughs> What's oh, I thought he said coach threw it. No, okay. that's what I heard too. Yeah, I was gonna be like, that's a. Oh bad- no, he coached through it. I mean, oh, sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> that would be a great coach uh, yeah. name. Well, I was through gonna it? say it'd be bad if you get uh, ca- caught up in any gambling controversies. Coach through it. Coach through it. Through it. Or if he was a quarterbacks coach. Wasn't there a, a kicker name. a couple of years ago named Blewett? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's unfortunate. Like, that's, what that's was that guy's name? name. Yeah, I'll, I'll I don't know. There's Dicker the kicker at Texas too. That's a Dicker the kicker. A lot of good kicker names. Out yeah, there. Chris blew it. Uh, where did he, where did he play? He played at University of Pittsburgh, and he played in the NFL for a couple of years for the Bears. But he blew it. Yeah. Yuck! 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 Hey, hey, coach, you all right? Yeah, just have another heart attack. <laughs> um, <laughs> just have another heart attack. <laughs> uh, Chris Farley, shout out. Were there any other uh, games or notes you guys had that you wanted to talk about before we move on? No, I'm good. Okay. I had one. Um, yeah. How about those Chanticleers? The Chanticleers. They almost blew they, it. They, they almost, almost blew it. They almost blew it to a good App good. State team. They look good. Yeah, they pulled it out. They're still undefeated. Um, still, still at 15, though. Does it? Yeah, I mean, I mean since what's the best BYU? win on their schedule? That's a good question. You know what I, I mean? It is the Sun Belt. Like, respect to them. They've been great, and they've, they've, you know, their best win, I mean, it's, it's not Kansas. They did beat Kansas, but that was their only non-conference win. Uh, I think, but it is still the Sun Belt, you know? Uh, but this is, I'm going to take 30 seconds here. This is why college football needs to split college football into two divisions, or the mm. NCAA needs to split this into two divisions. There's no way a team should be undefeated this close to the end of the year, and we're projecting them just to make a pretty good bull. Like, I would be so upset if my team went undefeated and had no chance to win the championship. Like, what are you playing for in the end? The NCAA is antiquated. They need some people up top to step up and change the sport because it's it's ruining 
what a lot of, you know, the competitiveness of these lower levels. We're not used to seeing Sunbelt teams go undefeated, get this national attention, and when they do, it pretty much is all for nothing. We're talking about the potential of a two-loss Oklahoma or a one-loss Clemson. Right. When you go undefeated, it should mean something. So I think that we are way past the NCAA making another division. So what if they, I feel like you just expand to eight and you guarantee a group of five the best group of five team gets a spot. I would love that. Or love that. you create a, a four-team playoff for the group of five by themselves, right? But yeah, then, but like in the winner plays. But the then, winner. well, no, you know, the, like you don't even have to do that. It's just like they win the group of five. But well, then, then that's again, a different division. But if you're Cincinnati, right. But if you're Cincinnati, maybe you say, well, we deserve a spot. And they'll, maybe that's what it is, that you do that. And the playoff committee can pick someone from the group of five if they want to. But if they don't, then Cincinnati's, you know, the one seed. Even though I really feel like the AAC, I think we should have the power six. And yeah, for I've been sure. saying that the AAC is so good. But that's what you think. That's what I think. But look at UCF. They went undefeated a couple years ago. They won and, the national championship. What had, are you talking about? Yeah, I almost just said that Walsy just gained a lot of UCF fans. Yeah, that right? Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's that. We just figured it out. Is that if the chance clears go undefeated, they just can claim a national championship. Hey, it's ours, and they'll get it, Natty. Because UCF was granted one by like some record book, not by like the you know the BCS or the AP or anything. Yeah. But they were they did get a parade, right? Hey. So, you can't just have one of those. It's not over for the Chanticleers if you're, a, if you're out there. There's a lot that goes into planning those parades, man. I had one little th- other side note. So I've been saying this for a while now that the that football needs to come up with some new ideas to improve the game, uh, especially like officiating and stuff. I've been saying it for a long time. you got to put a chip, like a microchip in the ball so we know exactly where it is. Oh, my God. That, that that, would, it would be so easy. Th- if nothing less, to spot the football. That's I've what I'm saying. I've said this so yeah. many times. In football, and actually, the, just the era we're in right now with sports, how everyone's so into instant replay and making sure you get all the calls right, making sure everything's so precise. You guys watch as much football as I do, as much football as probably the listeners do. Just pay attention next game, if you guys haven't already, to how off referees are at spotting the football. Yeah, it's like terrible. You get some overweight 60-year-old dude stumbling down the sidelines, and even if he's off by, let's say, an inch... Every time they spot the football, how many plays are in the average football game? Right. Uh, we're talking hundreds of inches, which add up to be several feet, which could mean the difference in a game. How I about mean, like being off by a yard? You exactly. Know what I mean? and that they do that all the time. time. That happens yeah. all the time off by a yard. And then they're bringing out the, the chains as if that's some chain fail-proof <laughs> system to see where the ball is. It's the most retro, it's it's the most, again, antiquated system that I've ever seen before. Every other sport gets it right. Yeah, right. It, it's archaic. Like, what, 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 do, chains. what do we do in the <laughs> NHL? Like... In How, terms of... Uh, as far as, like, goals counted, like, going across yeah, yeah, they, the red line. Like, we have the ability to use lasers yeah. exactly. rather than a Dude, chain. Tennis. 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 When, they'll, sure. when they'll show you if it's <laughs> in or out within, like, a sixteenth of a millimeter yes. on, in tennis, yes, they could do that. Okay, so here's my idea. You put a chip in at both ends of the football, right? So they, they, they know which one, you know, it's, or you put it in the center, whatever. You, put it, you chip the ball, then... You create like measurements so they know exactly when the the player or the ball goes out of bounds, right? And then this is like now we're getting into super future. This is like football in like <laughs> 2050. But I think you replace the flags with flares. Ooh. So every time that a a ref sees a penalty, he just has to push a button and then flares shoot off. A, it's super cool. The fans love it. You know, it's like I, I was thinking like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire <laughs> when they shoot up a flare. Um, and then. This, okay, so the sidelines that are all like the white paint, yeah, those now become, they can be lit up. And so what I'm thinking is since the ball is chipped 
as the player is running, you see like the sideline lighting up to see exactly how far he's getting until he that. steps out of bounds. I love that. And like these are things that you could do in the future that would just make it more precise and like awesome to watch. Right. No, I so love I that. I see love that, that idea. I but think then that would you help. still keep the chain gang. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would help get down the right road. It's all taking the human element out of it. Yeah. You know, people are going to make mistakes. No, right. no matter, even the best but, 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 but crews I think, are going to make mistakes. Right. But I don't think, I think that we all need to decide. Do, are we okay with the human element of it or do we want precision? Because right now we're caught up in this world of both where Replay it's like versus, we want yeah. precision, but then we want the human element. It's like there's a lot, a lot, a lot of third and a half yard right. that end up getting stuffed yeah. and then it's a punt and that should have never been third and a half yard in the first place. It should have been right. a first down. That happens, I mean, this off the top of my head, probably five to ten times every weekend in college football. Yeah. That's crazy. And we don't want like a million replays to slow down the game either because they, they fuck that up sometimes too, right? But if you could find a way to, especially like chipping the ball, making that quick and accurate, I think that would change so much in games where we wouldn't have to watch, we wouldn't have to watch the same replay 30 times while the ref decide in like a giant uh, in a giant dog pile if he made, you know, on a QB sneak, if he made the goal or not. Like, we just know, you know, okay, you, you'd probably still have to check to see when the guy's knee is down, but you know exactly where the ball is when his knee goes down. I don't know. I like that a lot. Have you guys uh, follow the... Uh, God, I wish I could find... Maybe I can. Um, it, it's a Twitter account, and actually, I think it's a bigger company, and they do umpire accuracy in baseball. Oh, no. And you get to see the accuracy of the umpire calls both in the strike zone and out of the strike zone. And then they give you, at the end of it, a synopsis of the expected runs missed or expected runs gained. And it's crazy. Like, you see in the playoffs, we're talking the playoffs, game seven, a a team wins by one. And it's like, well, with all these missed calls, they actually should have lost by a half a run. It's crazy. And, And that just trickles down to this stuff. So I'm all for, just to make it known, I'm all for as many machines, robot robots, refs. as long as it's not slowing things down. Or robot referees. Taking over the world. Yes, are the future. I love yeah. robot referees. Okay, okay, I love it. All right, well, we should move on. Uh, we're going to do our non-football playoff rankings. Yes. And what we're going to do is the college football is a four-team playoff. We're giving our top four of Thanksgiving dishes. Now, just we didn't talk about this before, so I included like gravy and cranberry is like their own individual things. Oh, wow. Yeah, because like, otherwise whoa. there's only like five things to choose from, right? And so mm. I actually have six here, but so I have like the, the five and the six teams two out. that are mad <laughs> about it. But yes, yeah, so... Uh, does anyone want to go first? I'll go first. All right. Are we starting with the four seed? Or, well, you've messed everything up because you've gone above and beyond with the first two yeah. out and the best of five and then this team. Why don't right. you just give us, yeah, start at four and go all the way up. Give us all, all four, but start at four. That way, you know, the tension builds just like the, how the playoff releases it. All right, four. I'm going to go uh, sweet potatoes. Oh, okay. Yams. Nice. Yeah, I like sweet potatoes. Yeah, I go for it. Yeah, always a nice side, classic side. I know a lot of different people do that too, and it's mm-hmm. uh, my four seed. Okay. What's your three seed? Just my keep going th- up. My three seed is uh, pies. Oh, now very you nice. can throw dessert on there, right? Yeah, sure, of course. Okay, it's all it's all fair, you know. And Thanksgiving, it's all fair in love and war. Okay, number two, cranberry sauce. Love it, right? Love it. And then number one, I know this is so original, but I mean, turkey and uh, and and gravy. That was my number one because. Oh, so you, okay. And first of all, by the way, this whole. This whole narrative that's thrown around about Thanksgiving that you only put gravy if the turkey's dry is a bunch of bullshit. You can you can always take a good turkey, even if it's juicy, cooked well, put a little gravy on there. It doesn't mess it Agreed. up. It's not doing anything wrong. Agreed. I like the whole I like the gravy with the turkey. So that's that's gotta you be can my one. You put gravy seat. on gravy you for all gravy I care. Gravy's delicious. Exactly. Yeah. All right, yeah. Smitty, let's hear yours. 
All right, so um, I do have a first two out. Okay. All right. I love it. <laughs> first two out is going to be uh, cranberry sauce and pecan pie. Oh, okay. So Ryan's love going it. specific pie. Yeah. See, I just went the general pie. That's okay. It's cool. Well, no, I mean, I like, we all have our own rules for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, like for it, sure. But. Right, so, and then four, I'm going to go another pie, which is pumpkin. Okay, okay. pie guy. Um, a lot of pies in here. Three, I'm going to go uh, just spiral cut ham. Nice. Okay. Oh, okay. nice. Well, ham. Two for me is, and this is something that some listeners might do, but you guys probably don't, and it's only because I'm from Pueblo, is rather than gravy, I put green chili on my That Ooh. is Pueblo. I mean, listeners to me, that's, that's blasphemy of Thanksgiving, but it sounds delicious. <laughs> right. sound, I love chili green chili. The, okay. Well, okay. Yeah, like I mean, on the turkey and everything? Or you, you, you uh, don't do turkey, just ham? No, no. So on the mashed potatoes. Oh, Interesting. And, and what you do with that, <laughs> this is a real fat kid move. <laughs> Let's hear it. You um, get a Kraft American single, oh. put it on your roll, and then have mashed potatoes and green chili on the top. Uh, <laughs> America. Fantastic. I Throw a little it. turkey on it, too. Yeah, for sure. That works. Okay. Um, and then number one. <sighs> Come back to you for one. Yeah, come back to me. Okay, we're coming back to him. So he said said pecan pie for number five. He did. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys know what a pecan sandy is, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I have heard this before. Tell me, it's a cookie, right? The pecan sandies. I'm actually. Well, it is a cookie. Congratulations. Well, it is a a band. That's what it is. It's a pecan. No, no, no. It's from Always Sunny Philadelphia. Frank wants to name his band the the Pecan Sandies, and since Always Sunny, it has actually made its way onto Urban Dictionary. Uh, it says here, other than a cookie, it is a sexual meaning. Mm. Now, the fr- the quote is actually from Always Sunny. It says, we got to trick the moms into letting us bop with them. Bop. Okay. And he's talking about the kids, Frank is. And I go down to the next definition. And fast forward if you want this to... Uh, if uh, you want this to remain non-rated R, you know, just go ahead and fit that. I that think our listeners button. know what's up. I think they're okay, yeah. too. So uh, <laughs> the actual definition is a very, very rough hand job. Definitely Ooh. without any kind of lubrication and in extreme conditions, given out by uh, given with someone by dry, cracked hands. A likely side effect of this is a would be a, a severely chafed penis. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like it says Indian here perversely, perversely, it goes on perversely. Some gentlemen <laughs> prefer this to regular hand jobs. No, jumps. they don't. Yep. Yep. I.e., uh, you guys will have to help me with this one, Ralph. Uh, Cifaretto from The Sopranos. Uh, I, I haven't seen it. It's, it's on my list. Still haven't yeah, watched it. Yeah. So there you go. Pecan Sandy some to make you just hungry for Thanksgiving. World, some men just want to watch the world burn some too. Just want to watch the world burn, <laughs> Batman. Smitty, do you have your number one yet or should you wait for me? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, it's something that uh, my grandma always makes and it's, it's, it's another potato dish. I know I went mashed potatoes, but that's got green chili in it. But... <laughs> But but my number one is it's diced potatoes. It's like a casserole. Yeah. And it's got lots of butter, lots of cream cheese, actually. Oh, yeah. And then it's got toasted breadcrumbs on the top. Oh. And it is so good. Dude, okay. your meal sounds delicious. Yeah, I'm, sounds... I'm all in on the Pueblo Thanksgiving. Our, our Thanksgiving's <laughs> pretty crazy. Side note, do you guys have you guys ever had spaghetti on Christmas Eve? Eve. No, no, we do chili. Is that like an Italian thing? Chili. I or don't a Pueblo know. thing? <laughs> it must be a Pueblo thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would usually expect like turkey and ham again, and it's always spaghetti. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I also have la- uh, last two or first two out. So uh, the six would be wine because I got to have wine with my Thanksgiving meal. Uh, number five is stuffing. 
Love stuffing, See, but it's not enough to is make very, top four. Stuffing is very controversial, right? Yeah. Stuffing is like this year's uh, Cincinnati, yes. right? If they go undefeated. There's going to be a lot, uh, a lot of talk around, mm-hmm. should the Bearcats be in? Should they not be in? That is the stuffing of Thanksgiving. Yes. A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. That's interesting. We one. don't do it in the turkey, though. It's like baked in a casserole dish separate. Some people cook it like in the inside the yeah. turkey, you know? Yeah. Um, hence the name. Stuff it in yes, there. Yes, they jam it in there. What do um, what turkeys think when they watch us do things like that? Uh, I don't think they think much. <laughs> um, actually, I guess they're smart birds. Ben, uh, <laughs> a little side note, fun fact, Benjamin Franklin wanted the turkey to be America's uh, national bird or national... Ben Franklin was right on a lot of stuff. He may have swung Maybe and missed that. there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number four is the, is the combination... Is my turkey? Yeah, it's good. It sounds better on the thing when you're listening to good it. Good for think, all the Virginia Tech fans. you watch me do it, I have some weird facial things going on, but... Oh, that's a good one, too. That is a good one. Yeah. I like it. Turkey, you want me to do mine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think my, that one. It was the headphones. The headphones were shaking. I couldn't move my head. It was terrible. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> is that better? That's a little bit better, yeah. Pretty bad. Okay. Uh, number four. The four seed is a combo. It's gravy slash cranberry. Because you got to have them on there to top on stuff. So that's number four. Uh, for me, three seed is is bread. My my mom bakes like special breads for Thanksgiving. Okay, and it just complements everything really well. The two seed is turkey. The one seed is mashed potatoes. And then I went ahead and did the one versus four, two versus three. And I'll tell you, my national champion Ooh. does end up mashed potatoes. Okay, mashed yeah. potatoes can't have a chance. Thanksgiving without them. In my I love opinion. it. I love it. Um, That's okay. a nice little playoff rankings. That was good. Uh, I hope everyone out there has a nice Thanksgiving dinner. So yeah. first of all, I didn't even um, think about alcohol being in it. Mm. Um, that's Big like mistake. one through five. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have some red wine with your with your dinner, you know. Uh, all right, Smitty, you ready for your outdated movie reviews? Yeah, I am. Did you watch both of them? Yes, I did. Okay, and you also have to answer one one additional question. So we were debating this on last week's show. When you texted us. And said, you know, a little, little throat, something going on. You didn't, and you told us this was last uh, Monday, and you said you watched half of Jackie Brown the night before. Yeah. Did you watch any of McGruber before that? Oh yeah, I, I, that so was McGruber that was, came first. That was the then, fir- that was the first okay. one that I watched. Um, so with Jackie Brown, I guess I'll start with there. Um, part of the reason why I originally only watched half of it is it had. Uh, for whatever reason, and I love Tarantino films, it just could not snag me for some reason. Really? Yeah. And I love Sam Jackson, love De Niro. Um, I think the plot is a good premise, but for whatever reason, it just it just didn't give me. It was like the first time I watched Goodfellas or Pulp Fiction or I was immediately hooked. Right. You know, and for whatever reason, I, I don't I don't know I don't, I don't know if it was the year it was made. I think it was made in ninety seven. Yeah. Um it just seemed, and the fact that it's a, a half a million dollars, it's like now That's that what it's, they're after. Now that it's twenty twenty, yeah. it's like <laughs> a half a million dollars. <laughs> That's a good point. Come on now. Yeah. So um, I still think it was a good movie. I, again, I love Tarantino's stuff, um, but yeah, just 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 wasn't for me. But uh, I still would recommend it. I honestly want to give it one more shot. Okay. Just it's, it's 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 exactly like Goodfellas. There's things that you pick up. When right. you watch it again, yeah, that you didn't really even oh notice. for sure, yeah, definitely. Um, and 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 maybe I didn't give it its proper due. So what would you give it out of ten? Um, I'm gonna go seven. Seven out of ten. Do you want to guess what it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, um, and they do theirs out of 
what is it 10 tomatoes it's, it's percentage so uh to 100 i'm gonna say given the director i'm gonna stay in the seven, 72 percent 87 wow that's yeah, high that's the tomato meter very score. high Wow, yeah, just, a lot of tomatoes. Shit, just shitting on good movies. Me and Will here, <laughs> apparently. All right, so uh, and, MacGruber. And then we go to MacGruber, which was a really fun time. <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's funny because Will definitely knows what hits my funny bone in the right way. Yeah. Well, okay. We're talking Pecan Sandy here? Are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, first of all, it was... so. Uh, originally when you guys gave me these two movies, I thought I was going to like Jackie Brown way more than MacGruber mm -hmm. because MacGruber just kind of seems like, first of all, I thought MacGruber was PG-13. Oh, no. And it is <laughs> definitely <laughs> not. It's so not PG-13. Um, so I, I went into MacGruber thinking like it was going to be like a PG-13, like fun little romp that's okay yeah. for, you know, obviously 13 and ups. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was it was super funny. <laughs> couple of things on MacGruber is MacGruber in the beginning, at the beginning of the movie when he's at the cemetery. The the oh yeah, do you know where? Yeah, you, it's in it's in Colorado Springs, isn't it? It's in Pueblo. Oh, it's in Pueblo. That's right. <laughs> I forgot. It brings it back up. So that's I was great. like, boom. Yeah, that's great. One of the only other things that made it out of Pueblo is sitting behind this microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, and then what really kind of blew my mind is I didn't realize that um, God, what's Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig were in it. Yeah, for sure. And this movie's almost 10 years old. Yeah. I thought that Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph really didn't like explode into like Bridesmaids and SNL. Right, right. Like I had no idea they were even in this movie. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of uh, me being an old fan, well, it was the WWF back then, but there was a couple wrestlers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Triple H, right? Yep. Or, yeah. Wasn't he in it? I, it, it was. I think it was him, and then um, I think his name's Chris Henry. Okay. He's a, he's a big African American dude with dreads, and he, he's 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 like right in in the first probably third of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then the huge like caveman looking guy from the longest yard yeah that adam sandler plays ping yeah. pong <laughs> yeah he's in that movie that seems too. great yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so i really love the movie i recommend them both um just because i'm you know a, a silly silly fun boy um i'll recommend mcgruber and i'll give that one an eight and a half eight and a half for mcgruber do you want to guess what it got on rotten tomatoes i don't think it's probably good just <laughs> definitely bad 47. Oh, 48? Oh, that's wow. a really good guess. That's a great guess. That's, yeah. Well, that just goes to show that like movie critics don't know comedy always because like the, one of my favorite things that is MacGruber, once again, a movie that the more you watch, the funnier it gets. And uh, like I, you, I use like those terms like in my everyday uh, it, it's it's part of my vocabulary. I say like I'm ripping throats or <laughs> I'm going yeah. for the turkey or whatever. How about how about the sex scene in MacGruber? Yeah, dude. Well, maybe <laughs> the best sex scene in all film because it's just so funny and well, and like realistic. You know, it's like a romantic song and it just cuts to moans. You know what? What's funny is I know it wasn't like the same. Like, like you told me before I watched it that it's kind of like, you know, a ripoff of like an 80s MacGyver. Action, action movie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's making fun of MacGyver. And um, what I kept on thinking throughout the whole movie was how much it reminded me of Team America. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. It's like non-puppet version <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Oh, great movie. Definitely recommend MacGruber to all yeah, the Yeah, I recommend both of them. But again, both of them, I think I need to give another watch. Maybe another couple watches. Good yeah, job. Good reviews. Sure. Yes, very good. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, should we do best bets? Uh, let's do it. Week 13, best bets. I think we got five or six games here for you. We're starting on Friday night. Being that it is Thanksgiving, we got two Friday night games here. Uh, first, big matchup here. Notre Dame going on the road to North Carolina. Uh, Irish currently a five-point road favorite. Um, barring catastrophe. Four. 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 It's down to four. It's okay. down to four. Um, you know, barring catastrophe, North Carolina is – I think out of the ACC championship uh, picture, that loss to Virginia really kind of killed it for them. Before that, they had hope that if they beat Notre Dame, they could be in it. Um, and Notre Dame, they're in the driver's seat for the conference. Uh, they will likely have to rematch Clemson uh, and have to beat them if they want to make the playoff. But you know, it's it's all up to them at this point. the The Notre Dame offensive line is awesome. They love to run the ball, um, and in both of North Carolina's losses, they gave up a lot of rushing yards. So that's a really important matchup to watch. Both of these teams are scoring a ton of points. Um, but UNC, they have the edge in the passing game. Sam Howell, I think he's better than Ian Book in almost every category. He's better in completion percentage, yards per attempt, yards. He's got twice as many passing touchdowns. Uh, Notre Dame, they run it a little more because they've been playing with leads for most of the season. But don't sleep on the Tar Heels run game either. Uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter they honestly might be the best one-two punch at running back in the whole country. Both these dudes have 1,800 yards on the season, or sorry, 800 yards in the season, and are averaging more than seven yards per carry. And they're both really good at catching the ball out of the backfield as well. Um, the big difference here is the Tar Heels defense is really not good. Uh, Notre Dame's defense has been really good this year, uh, but I do think they've kind of just been beating up on bad offenses. Uh, you look at the teams they've given up points to. You know, they give up a bunch to Clemson with a backup quarterback. Um, and so, you know, I don't have a great feel on the spread here, but for the reason that I said before, oh. I think that the Tar Heels defense is bad. Uh, you know, you know, Clemson, look, Clemson scored 40 with a backup quarterback and no run game. Boston college had some success scoring, uh, on Notre Dame's defense last week. I think this Tar Heel offense can score. Um, even if Notre Dame jumps on them early, North Carolina has been down in games this year. They've been able to turn it on and score in bunches through the air. Uh, this UN, UNC defense, they're giving up 30 points per game already and Notre Dame's going to score. So the real the question to me is, can North Carolina score, you know, can both these teams score more than 30 points to get to that total of 66? I know it's a big number. I'm taking the over here of 66 points. Wow. Okay. Well, God, I almost want to push the button on the under there. Just do it. Let's do it. No, make it a bet for it, Tyler. The key to this game will be North Carolina staying off the field. If you can find it anywhere, or maybe if you have one of those local bookies, you can muster something up with. I like Notre Dame to dominate the time of possession this game. Mm. Everything that I see about this game looks like this. Notre Dame runs the football because you're right. They're off and up. They want to McCluck. But that doesn't mean they can't do it. They're very efficient no, when they run the football, yeah. too. And Ian Book is one of the better play-action quarterbacks in college football. I, I really believe that. Notre Dame is going to keep North Carolina off the field. I think that's a huge part of this handicap. And Notre Dame is going to do enough on their drives to mitigate this, this whole scoring fiasco. Now, I don't want to take it because I could see Notre Dame blowing North Carolina, North Carolina out like 49 to 20, which mm-hmm. would still cover the over. Interesting. But I think North Carolina, I think North Carolina is going to be exposed this game. 
I think Notre Dame's going to prove that they can really do whatever they want to in terms of airing it out, running the football, controlling time possession, controlling the clock, controlling the flow of the game. I like Notre Dame to cover the four points here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, next up, still our Friday night game. Uh, or Actually, you know, one of these was a day game. Either way, Friday game, Iowa State at Texas. Uh, Texas currently a one-point favorite. You know where I'm going here, Will. This number came down. I do know where you're going. This number came down from two and a half. Now Texas is just a one-point favorite. This is a classic rest versus rust game. Uh, Texas, they had the last two game weeks off due to COVID, so they are very rested, right? Iowa State, meanwhile, they played Kansas State last weekend. They dominated 45 to nothing. The offense is finally rolling. The defense has been really great. Um, so will the advantage of rest and healthy players for Texas be enough to overcome the rust of you know now three weeks off from playing football? So there's that rest versus rust stuff there. Texas, they have three straight wins. Uh, they got the big upset over Oklahoma State, but how good is Oklahoma State now? Not taking shots, Tyler, but you know, you look at them now versus where they were when Texas beat them and they were number six. I don't know how convincing that win is right now or how great that win is. I think the Cyclones have a ton of momentum. And with all the there's the rumors swirling now about Urban Meyer taking over Texas for Tom Herman to the point where Herman addressed it to the media. You know, that that to me is bad. That's looming over the program. Um there's just not a lot of reasons for me to take Texas here, so I'm taking Iowa State plus one. We got a bet board game, Willie. There we go. Yeah, I'm going to go Texas here. I think Texas is a very good football team. They are 2-4-1 and one against the spread, and Iowa State's 5-3 and three against the spread, and I always like taking these teams to even out throughout the, throughout the course of the year. I see. Um, and I, I look at some, a couple predictions, and uh, I like to re- refer to some specific sites I use, some specific people that I uh, kind of respect, and a lot of a lot of those projections in terms of the final score are coming out pretty heavy for Texas to have a lot of different advantages. I guess what I mean by that is I see a lot of different ways for Texas to win this game. I think Iowa State has to play what has been classic Iowa State football, but I've been looking to fade this team for a long time. I think they're a little bit overrated. I do believe last week's result against Kansas State inflates this line. I mean, I think this line, what did it open at? Two and a half for Texas? Yep. I think it probably should have opened closer to four, four and a half for Texas. So it's, it has been bet down. You know, the market's correcting itself, but I think a lot of people remember what they saw for Iowa State. And frankly, if you look at some big TV games this year for Texas, I know it's Texas, but still, they've lost a lot of those. They didn't yeah. look good in the Oklahoma game, and people don't feel comfortable betting on Texas right now. When everyone else is kind of wary about it, that's where I want to jump in that direction. We'll go Texas minus the one. And another note here, this over-under was bet down from 61 to 56.5. That's yeah. a huge movement for only a couple days. Again, we're recording this Monday. Uh, what time is it? 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern. I think that we're going to be in store for some good defense, and I think this thing stays close, comes down to last possession, fourth quarter. I trust Texas. Yeah, I think four out of the last four years uh, between these two teams, you've had really low-scoring games, too. Uh, these coaches are pretty familiar with each other, it seems. We got a bet board game. Okay, bet board. I'm going with the Cyclones, baby. Let's do it. Next next up, finally we're on to Saturday. Uh, Pitt going at Clemson. Clemson currently a 24-point home favorite. Clemson just wants to play, man. Trevor, real quick, I'm so sorry. No, Te- you're good. Texas was one point spread, right? Minus one. Yeah. All right. Go. Yep. Um, yeah. Cle- Trevor Lawrence, he's ready to get back to play. Um, we know how good Clemson is, especially with Trevor Lawrence on the field. Pitt, Pitt has been all over the place. Their defense has been good at times, but the whole season they've not done a good job of finishing drives with touchdowns. The offense is really not that great. Against Notre Dame, they got dominated, 45 to three. I think this is just a bad spot for Pitt. You know, Clemson. I think the reason why Dabo was so pissed at that Florida State game being canceled 
is they need to remind everybody they're a top three team. They want to make the playoff here after that. You know, they had the the last game we saw them. They lost Notre Dame. Then they get a canceled game. Trevor Lawrence hasn't played in weeks. You know, he's coming back after basically missing a month. Um, I think he wants to light it up, get back in the Heisman race. Clemson knows they need to score a ton of points and get the uh, the style points here. I think Clemson's just primed to explode. I like this number, especially since it's dropped at open 26. Uh, the lower this goes, I like it, so I'm taking Clemson minus 24. Yeah, I just feel bad for whoever gets Clemson after this whole debacle because, you know, all week people are going to be shitting on Dabo Sweeney. You yeah. know, he's going to feel the heat from local media, Twitter, national media, and really, the reason why he got so pissed off last week, even though we all disagreed with it, the dude just wants to go out there and kick ass. Like, he's looking yep. for every chance to go out there and win. Whoever was coming up this week for Clemson, I'd probably look to fade them. I love Clemson this week. I think they route Pittsburgh. Okay, love it. We're both on the same side. Next up, we got a turd bowl game here. Penn State at Michigan. Oh, wow. Michigan's 2-3, and three, Penn State's 0-5, oh and, five, and uh, on, you know, Will. this one's not about it being a great matchup. Come on, Will. Even though we might have said it early in the season, it's really about... There's some value here. So uh, Michigan currently a two-point favorite at home. The total is at 59. Uh, the Cade McNamara era has begun in Ann Arbor. The Cade, why don't you just... Cade McNamara. Yeah, just crunch the words together. Uh, he's He had five touchdowns off the bench against Rutgers. He was accurate. He was decisive. He was explosive. Um, the threat of the pass opened up the run game big time. Michigan finally looked like they could run, but that was Rutgers, right? But then, I mean, Penn State. Penn State's a mess. They switched their quarterback last week from Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford was really good last season. I don't know what's happened. You know, they have a new coordinator. They've had a lot of injuries and opt-outs. Um, but, you know, they bring in – they switch it to Will Levis, uh, the backup quarterback, and he really and, – and, you know, not a lot of playing time, but he hasn't looked that much better. Um, they're 90th out of 127 teams in scoring right now, and even more shocking, they're 101st in scoring defense. But Penn State's given up 36 points per game. You know, and then you, I mean, their offense, it's just everything's bad. Since the first game where they lost in overtime to Indiana, 35 36, the offense has scored worse from a scoring output every single week since then. They've scored less and less and less points. The good news is they're about to play a defense that uh, is even worse than their own. Uh, Michigan is ranked 102nd out of 127 teams in college football. These are two really bad defenses. Um, I'm a little worried about the line. After Michigan got the win and McNamara looking good against a bad team, um, you know, Michigan, they gained some momentum and kind of lift their spirits with the win, which is good, but it's not enough to make me comfortable picking them. You know, they haven't been good against the spread. Uh, I don't love either side here, but with two really bad defenses, I just think we see a lot of scoring. Uh, both of these teams can give up 30 without blinking an eye. So if you give me an over of 59, I'm going to take that. I think Penn State is still worse than a lot of people think. I think Michigan's actually maybe a little better than people think. Everyone had high expectations for Michigan, and they have not looked good. No, <laughs> right? bad. But I think of any of these two teams, we're kind of picking which team do we think can pick themselves up, play a good game. I think Jim Harbaugh still has a lot to coach for. I know I've said that before, but I really believe that's the case. I think they just have a much better team. By the way, last six games against Penn State, Michigan's 5-1 and one against the spread. So it's a good matchup here. Penn State's really struggled in conference this year and dating back to last year. So I'll take Michigan. I think a better coaching staff, better team overall. The, the lines dropped to two, so I love that too. Uh, we'll go Michigan. Okay, fair enough. And uh, another note for your cap, Tyler, Penn State's been really bad in Ann Arbor. They haven't won Penn. I don't think James Franklin has won there uh, since he's uh, taken over at Penn State. 
Um, I just don't love it. Let's so. go Michigan. Are you sure you don't want to force one there on Penn State? Yeah, I'm not going to force If it was a bigger number, I think I might. But with it only being two points, uh, I don't love it there. And Penn State is really bad. But I do think that Penn State gets right on offense, and I think we go over 59. All right. All uh, right. Next up, Tyler, take the lead here. We got your Colorado Buffs 2-0 and going on the road to an undefeated fraudulent, as you said, USC team. Uh, USC a 13.5-point favorite here. What do you got? So I think the University of Colorado is one of the few schools still left in college football who's really benefiting from their schedule and from extenuating circumstances in terms of the market and the way the market perceives this team. Look, Colorado's 2-0, but their first two wins came against two questionable Pac-12 opponents, and they were both close if you look at the end of the scoreboard, right? Yep. Wait for the fourth quarter playout, everything. Colorado dominated both those two games. Yeah, so early on really, especially, right? Exactly. So if you really dig in, which... I'm going to make this clear again. I've said this before. People who make lines and, you know, we, we call it Vegas sometimes, but the market, they don't have enough time to go through every single college football game and look at the box score and all that stuff. A lot of teams like Colorado and others fly under the radar for a long time for that reason. You know, the common sentiment could be, ah, oh, they've won two close games, could be 0-2. Meanwhile, USC 3-0 and just had a monster win at Utah. So for Colorado, everything's kind of making them underrated. And for USC, this key, this team could be and maybe should be one and two they just went to utah who we have no idea what utah is going to look like this year that was the utes first game and just because it was in utah i think there was a lot of well usc struggled there before can they really pull it off it closed a very 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 narrow spread and they ended up winning i think 33 to 18 33 14 something along those lines so i think this is a combination one you're getting a colorado team that is vastly underrated and is a lot better than most people think and on the other hand, you're getting a USC team who struggled, happened to win a couple games, and that's the difference, right? Colorado, close scores, dominated throughout. USC relied on fourth-quarter comebacks in both those early wins. Then they go to Utah, get what could be a bit of a fraudulent win. I love this spread. I think it's so inflated. I'll take CU uh, up to uh, 10. Okay. So, I mean, right now it's 13 and a half. Exactly. I, I love it for so the I'm same reason. Col- yep, yep. I I'm think taking Colorado plus 13 and a half up to 10. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the public is all over USC here. They're the flashy name. They're the 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 household name that everyone knows. You know, the fa- I would have liked them at 10 and a half. It's at thir- you can get it 13 and a half now. I agree. Let's go Buffs. Yep. Uh, next up, we're getting into some rivalry territory here. We got the Iron Bowl. So we lost the Apple Cup. Washington, Washington State is off because of uh, some Washington State uh covid stuff but we got a couple of big rivalry games here and none bigger than the iron bowl auburn at alabama alabama currently a 24 point home favorite totals at 62 this is all about bama here i'm hammering alabama uh they got embarrassed last year by auburn the defense got embarrassed they gave up almost 50 points um auburn's defense really hasn't been great this year uh you know they they've scored well on offense uh the last three weeks you know, but that was against Ole Miss, LSU, and Tennessee. Tennessee, those are all bad defenses. Um, I think Auburn's offense is is very overrated. We we all know how I feel about Bo Nix. I've made it very plain uh, in public. I don't think he's a great quarterback. Um, and I think Alabama's defense just brings out that Bo Nix that we saw early, earlier in the year against Georgia and South Carolina and Arkansas with turnovers and not a lot of points. Um, Saban has real incentive here to. You know, get some revenge, pour it on late. Uh, I think Alabama scores fifty, and I'm not sure that that uh, that Auburn's going to score enough to cover that spread. So I'm taking Alabama minus twenty four. Huge, huge number in a rivalry game, no doubt. But you look at the the wins that Alabama's had against Auburn. When Auburn wins against Alabama, it's typically pretty close. 
when Alabama wins against Auburn under Nick Saban, oh, they're almost all blowouts. Um, so that number doesn't scare me. So I'm going to take the Crimson Tide minus 24 here. Yeah, to that point, the last three times Alabama's won, it's been by an average score of 37 to 13. There I mean, you go. Yeah, when, when, when I think that's a very good point that when Auburn gets close, you know, finds a way to make the, make things uh, muddy the game up, make it kind of physical, make it, well, not physical, but just sort of make it where Alabama's not comfortable. Yep. They always stay in it and they win a lot of those games. But in years like this, whether it's talent, I like how you mentioned the uh, uh, revenge factor from last year. Alabama seems to dominate those games. Two years ago, in Tuscaloosa, 52-21. Before that, 30-12. to I mean, it's been a long time since you go back and find a really close game. They did have one in 2014, 55-44, but the game before that in Alabama, uh, the Crimson Tide won 49-0. So, yep. uh, you know, I think that uh, uh, with Bo Nix... You know, I'm not so sure about Bo. You yeah. Don't, you don't know Bo. I was really high on Bo to start the season. I know. I know you were. That faded quickly. I know. We'll go Alabama minus the points. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, last year, Alabama's defense was really ravaged by injuries. Uh, it was one of the worst defenses. It might have been the worst defense Saban has had there his entire tenure at Alabama. They're much improved this year, so that number doesn't scare me. So let's go with the Tide of Alabama. Let's see here. Uh, last time, old trivia here, last time Auburn won in Alabama was what year? It's actually not that long. I, I thought it'd be further than that. 2004. 2010. 2010. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And Auburn went on a streak from 2002 to 2007, uh, winning every year. But then I think Nick Saban got hired in 2008. Right? Yeah. That, that That's basically when Alabama was in bad shape before Saban got there, for sure. So yeah. they've played 12 times. Yeah, Saban's 8-4. and four. Nick Saban, uh, his first year at Alabama, they actually played CU in a bowl game. I remember that. It was, it was uh, Dan Hawkins' first year. You're talking about oh, two wow. programs who went two different directions after that, huh? Yeah. God. I, th- I think Saban went like 7-6 and six that year, and then since then we just know what. It's just been Alabama. Yeah, it's yeah. been completely just ridiculous. It was so funny. Paths. I was watching some NFL this weekend, and it's almost laughable how many Alabama stars are now in the NFL? It's insane. It's like it's insane. how many running backs They're and everywhere. receivers. They the are receivers everywhere, are man. Yeah. I, like, I think it was it was either Sunday night football or Monday night football. Um, they were showing all the uh, defensive backs Yeah, alone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. Oh, wait, no. Maybe I'm thinking of Ohio State because that's where Eli Apple and Marcus Yeah, Seymour. that's okay, right. I'm but still, of there's State. plenty of, of, of Bama defensive backs in the NFL. And what's really crazy is all this success, and they're just now starting to put like NFL caliber quarterbacks there. I mean, Tua is like maybe he might end up being the best Alabama quarterback, you know, of, uh, in Nick Saban's era in the NFL. And that's insane. And all that success. And it's, it might just be getting better. Um, okay, we move on. Last game here. We got the Egg Bowl. Uh, this one. You know what? Before the season, I was very excited about this one with Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin being new to the SEC West. Not as exciting with how they're they're standing in the SEC, but I'm still I'm really pumped about this game. So we got Ole Miss. They're currently a nine and a half point home favorite. Total is sixty seven and a half. Uh, I'm all over Lane Kiffin here. Lane, I think you know I think that we've seen the disaster that Mississippi State has been on offense, especially. Um, Lane, you know, maybe he wants to get some revenge after the mask snapping in the offseason that we saw. <laughs> um, you know, the the Rebels offense has been great. Matt Corral has been awesome. Uh, they can score in bunches. I think in this game they will score a lot and score often. I think that Lane Kiffin, he's proven, you know, uh, you know, as a coordinator at Alabama, I think he gets up for rivalry games. I think he knows how important this one is. Um, I think their defense 
actually for once gets some necessary stops in this game. Um, I think they get the win that they would have had last year if the Ole Miss player hadn't have done the dog piss celebration, oh which, my which cost him the game. You yes, remember that? Yes. The Egg Bowl was wild last year. It cost uh. both those coaches a game. Um, they were my SEC interim team that we picked at the beginning of the year before our conferences came back from football. So I got to roll with the Rebels here. I'm taking them minus nine and a half. It's come down from 11 and a half, which I like even more. Um, come on, Tyler. I know you want to pick your leech, your boy leech. Pick Mike Leach so bad, but they have just been so bad. They have been. They I mean, the Ole Miss so defense bad. is really bad, but I, for whatever reason, it's just like a gut call. I think they can actually maybe force some turnovers this game. So I don't know, Tyler. It's up to you if you well, want to make this a bet board. I mean, in terms of defenses, I think both are kind of on the same level. They can both play SEC football. They know each other. I think that Mike Leach has been studying. Well, both coaches have been studying this game since they got hired pretty much. Right. You know, so I, I I probably lean under to be honest. I know that's under like sixty seven and a half. Yeah, sixty seven and a half. That's like the contrarian play because all these teams do is score. Right. But no, you're right because the Mississippi State offense has been bad, yeah. and Mississippi State's defense pretty underrated. Yeah, so they could you know kind of hold Mississippi up now and then. I mean, Mississippi's been really impressive, I think, offensively the last couple weeks. Yeah. But no, I'm gonna go under here. I can't take Mississippi State, especially because the line has dropped from eleven and a half to nine and a half. Right. I don't want to take that plus nine and a half. That yeah, seems, that is a key number. Yeah, exactly. Right under ten. So. Well, I think the biggest difference here is that uh, you know Mike Leach is a system dude, and he's gonna coach the, you know the same system every game. And I think that Lane Kiffin is much better at you know creating special game plans for opponents. I think he'll have some 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 of the you know we saw the play where he drew it up and he threw his clipboard last week up in the air. I think we'll see more of that where he's going to have some heavy hitters drawn up. Um, I'm just all over the Rebels here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably lean Rebels too, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. And but, then all uh, all we got left is a cancellation game, boys. So we uh, all got to pick our game. We still haven't hit one yet. Which is good. That's good. We don't want to see these games canceled. Good luck for everyone. But uh, I'm going to go to the Mac. My Maction game that I think is going to be canceled. We record these on Monday nights. I think Ball State versus Toledo gets taken off the board. That's my pick. I'm going to stay in the Mac. Kent State, Buffalo. Kent State, Buffalo for Tyler. The Buffalo Bills. Kent State. How about Kent State last week? Big 69-35 win. Slow start. They can put some points up. I like Kent State. Who do you got, Ryan? I'm going to go with a little bit of a Hail Mary here. Okay. Dabo gets disappointed again. Oh, Oh, I love it. Okay. Dabo. So Clemson uh, versus Pitt for Smitty. Oh, my God. That would be be epic, I would love that. That would be so funny. Twitter would just break if if Dabo freaks out. Dabo might might have a meltdown. He He might not ever recover. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, that's all we got for this week's show. Uh, thanks again for listening guys make sure you subscribe whatever podcast player you're listening make sure you subscribe if you like the show tell a friend uh, you can follow me on twitter at will chambers cfb tyler your twitter at tyler walgy smitty your twitter at woos producer and the show's twitter is at cfb weekly thanks for listening guys we'll see you next week